You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey everyone, welcome back to Millennial Money. We are all super excited to be here because we've got seven growth stocks to talk about. We've got a Weeble link in the description with a limited time only special where you'll get two free stocks with Weeble if you use that link down below. And we've got lots of things to talk about. I think we'll start by talking a little bit about the economy, maybe inflation, is the stagflation crash coming, or as Graham says, the mother of all crashes. And, uh, you know, Andre's missing. So, Graham, uh, you know, what happened here? Oh, oh. Kevin, you left it to me to say this. Mm-mm. Well, um, there is now a wow. Uh, there's now a fourth spot available on the Millennial Money crew. So we're now taking applications. We're thinking maybe Nate O'Brien might be a, a nice replacement. Andre's not going to be joining us in this episode or in the future episodes uh, because. It sucks, but uh, well, there's no easy way to say this, but he's not on time, and we we always gotta have people on time. So, so if Andre like, can't be on time here, then uh, listen, then Nate O'Brien has got to take your place. It's like instead of three strikes, you're out. It's one strike, you're right. Yeah, you got one time where you could be late. I was late once, so I have no more strikes left. Kevin and Jeremy, you have not been late. So <laughs> oh, it's like walking. Oh, man. Rope, man. <laughs> I oh, gosh. I have no clue I, what Andre is doing. Yeah. I couldn't hold that one together. That good. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll, 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 we'll yeah. get started without, uh, in the meantime, why don't we talk a little bit about the market and then we'll get into our seven stocks. What's, um, what are you guys seeing out there? Uh, Jeremy, you still having trouble hiring people for your McDonald's? Uh, uh, Graham, you still, you still having trouble with Michael Burry? What's going on? Well, Michael Burry, you want to go yeah. first, Jeremy? Or you want me no, to no, talk you... about the greatest speculative bubble of all time? Oh, man, <laughs> you you go ahead first, Graham. I want to hear this, man. Yes, this is a juicy one. So, well, I think technically we're like five or six days late on this story, but it was about a week ago, Michael Burry came back on Twitter. And you know he comes back on Twitter, it's a big deal. He said that the mother of all crashes was coming soon. And that today we are in the greatest speculative bubble of all time. Now, his thing was that, uh, oh, by a magnitude of two. Uh, So his thing was that uh, there's a lot of leverage in the the cryptocurrency space. Now, this is one area that I really wanted to research because when I was making my video discussing 
his thoughts on the crash and what might happen and how we compare with other previous bubbles and crashes. The one thing I could not find, and Kevin, I actually, I used your videos as some of my research because I know you dig into this much further. I couldn't find anything concrete though. The leverage that exists in the cryptocurrency market. I couldn't find anything definitive other than CNBC was saying some traders are using a hundred to one leverage, which I don't, I don't get how, how they're able to do that. I want some hundred to one leverage, but I couldn't find out as far as brokerages, how much leverage they're using. I don't know if there's a source for this. I know you went into one of these, these uh, theories in terms of how Bitcoin might crash. And your theory was, well, if they're lending their Bitcoin to this person, who's then lending it out to this person, who's lending it to this person, you could theoretically do this an infinite amount of times. And if the price crashes, one person claims the other, claims the other. And it's like this domino effect that goes back to the original person who's like leveraged a hundand times. So <laughs> it, that, that's it's feeling, crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like no transparency for that. You know, it's like, we've got like FINRA regulations where we can see margin outstanding. Uh, and, and, and so we can kind of get a scope as to how much debt we have today or in a certain month relative to other months. You don't have that in crypto. You're, you're kind of blind. Uh, and, and so it does create this potential fear of, gosh, what if, what if the crypto world is just way more leveraged? And then now I will say, I mean, we just sold off 50% on Bitcoin, right? From 64 down to what, 29, it's more than 50%, 55-ish percent. You'd think that like, if there were going to be a liquidity problem, we would have at least seen some cracking, you know, but really we didn't see any cracking. I wasn't it, wasn't it you that was telling me that we weren't really going to see many cracks until it drops below 20. I, I heard That's that. Somewhere. I don't know if it was you or if it was like some genius on Reddit who was saying that like 20,000 was the threshold that was really going to start to, uh, start to lead to margin calls. Maybe because the, I, I did uh, some research. There was the average buy-in, uh, this was a month ago. So the average buy-in of, of accounts, as of a month ago, was somewhere around 35,000. So, you know, between 35,000 and 64,000, on average, people were pretty green. You start going under 34, you're right. That's that's when you start like, oh, now you're starting to, to run into collateral issues maybe. So maybe that's that's what it is, is maybe, uh, you know, we, we really would have to drop to that 19, 9, 20,000 level to really see that, oh, okay, this is now where you're losing money to the point where the entire system starts cracking. So that's possible. We just didn't hit the threshold. Uh, the good news is we bounced off 29 so fast. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's good for Bitcoin and good for crypto. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But beyond that, outside of crypto, I really couldn't find anything that Michael Burry was talking about. That's like this smoking gun. Uh, yeah. When you look at the metrics, though, in terms of like the P.E. ratio and all these. Yeah, we're a little bit ahead of probably where we should be. But the counter argument to that is that interest rates are really low and you have a government and a federal reserve. That's almost like if things get too bad, like, Hey guys, let, let's cushion this. Let's see what we could do. And they could, I mean, theoretically just keep the market on pace for quite a long time. So it's almost like not worth betting against that. Well, what makes me so curious about the whole crypto space is in theory, certain, like certainly like Tether, right? You just oh, yeah. you mint some more Tether coins. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's something else. But um, it's something to pay attention to. And and so I'm 
vigorously paying attention to it, but I wish I had the answers, like what you're saying. I, I wish we had the actual facts and the details. But then again, there are plenty of opaque things that we don't see in the regular finance space. Sure. Yeah, we don't see all of the madness that goes on with the credit default swaps and, and uh, just swap agreements in general. We don't get a lot of that either. And those are all forms of leverage as well. So it just makes you wonder, uh, the more Wall Street gets into crypto, the more I feel like we get these arcane forms of leverage. I don't think it's like, you know, your neighbor who, or, or like uh, the, the average you know, 25 year old crypto trader who's like, Oh, I'm going all in. I'm a, I'm going hundred X leverage. I really think it's, it's when the institutions get involved, that's when they start getting shady with the debt. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think at the end of the day, when it comes to the crypto space or any stock, uh, you know, even stock sell-offs, I think a lot of it, it goes back to like, if, if people have jobs and people have incomes and they have the disposable money to buy whatever it is, right. Or the funds do. And as long as there's, there's money out there, it's hard to get really big crashes. I feel like, you know, like you, if you think about what happened in the real estate market, it wasn't until people started really losing their jobs, right? And credit dried up that that's when real estate just, you know, imploded and it was it was down for years, right? And um, if, you, if we go back to that time, I'm sure, you know, it would have been hard to see the leverage in the system unless you had gone super in depth, right? Like insanely in depth and done a lot of investigation work, right? Um, or you were a part of it. You know, yeah. like I feel, I feel like Burry was part of that world. So, you know, Graham, like you've referenced before how, how Burry made this this prediction, but he's, he was making that sort of prediction about the 08 crash since like what, 05 or 06 or something yeah. like that. But he was part of that yeah. world. So, yeah. you know, he's he's out at dinners or whatever. And people are like, oh, my gosh, we're doing this now. We're doing this now. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, this is not sustainable. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it seems it does seem like a ticking time bomb sometimes, but uh, for now, yeah, it has rebounded. MSTR was up another seven percent here today, which uh, they own over a hundred thousand Bitcoin now. MSTR MicroStrategy. Not sure if you guys track that stock. Are you in that one? I know you're in what, like Marathon, right? No, that's the only one I'm in as far as a Bitcoin play is that MicroStrategy. And oh, uh, wow, okay, yeah, but I only put 50k in it, and we're up 40k, so we're doing pretty good on it. But I will say it is risky because they are heavily leveraged to Bitcoin. And now, I mean, if Bitcoin was to go down to let's say 10,000 for years, I mean, it's hard for me to see that company surviving because they owe so much debt now because they've bought so much Bitcoin on like debt, right? And then the interest wow. rates on top, and so it's absolutely risky. However, if Bitcoin goes to this, let's say 500K, like a lot of people are talking about, I mean, imagine, you know, this company that owns over 100,000 Bitcoin, and then they have that money to leverage into other cryptocurrencies if they want, or buy businesses with the money. You know, it's a lot of different things. Yeah, do, so. Jeremy, let me ask you this, uh, because this is something I was actually looking into the other day. Um, a story came out a few days ago. Uh, well, I guess it was a week and a half ago. MicroStrategy is selling up to a billion dollars worth of their stock to go and buy more Bitcoin. What's your take wow. on that? Do you feel like, yeah. do you feel like a little bit they're, they're taking advantage of the share price being really high and everyone just by piling into MicroStrategy and they're like, wait a second, our stock is trading 1200% higher than it was a year ago. That's Let's sell off some stock to these people. We're gonna cash in. We're gonna dilute the shareholders. They don't care, but then we get to get more Bitcoin. Yeah, wow. but as a, as a shareholder of that company, you really are only in it for the Bitcoin play. So the fact that they get to buy a ton more Bitcoin at, let's say, 29,000, 30,000, 31,000, if you truly believe in Bitcoins going to 100,000, 250,000, 500,000, that's what excites you. And as Bitcoin goes up, 
they can, and the stock price goes up, they can go ahead and sell off some more shares, right? Raise some more money and then maybe buy more of a cryptocurrency. Or more. It's kind of brilliant. But like people is. investing in the company basically to get exposure to Bitcoin through the equity market. But that drives the price up of the stock, which then if you have a sell-off in Bitcoin, you could just dilute a bunch of the shareholders, yeah. raise essentially infinite amounts of money. I mean, not infinite, right? You can yeah. raise whatever number you want reasonably, put it back into Bitcoin. The people who are in the stock are like, oh, well, whatever. It's whatever. That's that's mind blowing. It's just Listen, now it's turning into if, like <laughs> if you if you want to know robbery, I'll I'll be honest with you. And this is I'm putting my little tinfoil hat on. Yeah. Uh, companies diluting their shares right now. I swear, the, the more you start looking into it, the more you realize two things. Uh, one, they're a business, so they have to make yeah. the best choice for the business. The best choice for the business is when stocks are at all time highs. Let's issue more Great. stock. Let's cash in. Let's prepare ourselves if the market does end up dropping or anything happens, hey, we're going to have a whole bunch of cash on hand and that's going to put them in a stronger position in the future. So it's a bit of a you know catch 22. It does help out the shareholders at the same time. But I think MicroStrategy doing this, they're taking, I, I think they're, they're, you know, pandering to the people who don't know quite what they're doing and don't just go and buy Bitcoin themselves. Yeah, MicroStrategy is doing the most aggressive, uh, you know, thing I've ever seen really from a public company in recent times in terms of, you know, raising raising more capital, selling off more shares, buying more Bitcoin. It's super aggressive. But the majority yeah. of companies uh, do it for good reason. Like, you know, we could break it down to a small, simple company like I was in, you know, and have been in Planet 13, right? Whereas as that stock's gone up, they've been able to raise more capital, yeah. right? And then go build another store and raise more money so they can build future stores, which is honestly, you know, if you were to try to, if the company was trying to make that cash flow, they, they wouldn't be able to make enough cash flow to build the Orange County store that's open in July, right? Uh, but because they've been able to raise money, they got the money to do that. And then they can open two stores next year, likely, right? And so most companies do it the right way. MicroStrategy is extremely aggressive, but that's what it's a company that literally was at a billion something dollar market cap. Yeah. I mean, depending on what happens with Bitcoin price, it could be a hundred billion plus dollar company within a few years, but it's all dependent upon Bitcoin That's price. Gross. That <laughs> is true. And I will say that uh, certain examples make sense. I think that uh, the Planet 13 example is the same thing as, you know, Kevin going and getting a 2% mortgage and then investing the difference. It's just that's a smart move to make more money. So I, I can totally see that. I think uh, also AMC, they they executed that per like oh, yeah. perfectly. They issued shares. Uh, their their last uh, their last issuance, I think they got an average of like fifty dollars a share. It's perfect. Yep. Now they're not going to go bankrupt. Same with GameStop. Exactly. The same thing. Now they they're debt free with a billion dollars in cash. Gosh, oh, it's, <laughs> it, it's basically funding the yeah. the survival of the companies. Which I mean, hey, that's the, almost the point of the stock market. That's why when the companies start going bankrupt and their their share price gets like shorted down to a buck or two bucks, it's like. How are they even supposed to try to survive? They can't go yeah. to the markets anymore, you know? Uh, but, hey, you know, I mean, sometimes you also get – have you guys seen um, well, uh, Emrin? Uh, the, the stock was up like 80% uh, two days ago. Then uh, it was up 8%. Uh, then it was up, uh, what, 80% yesterday and up like over 100% today. This is a penny stock that that just skyrocketed. Any of you? No, I don't know anything about that one. Any stocks? Yeah. Yeah. You've gone from uh, these, these, you know, somewhat speculative stocks to then let margin to then opt. Now penny stocks. 
It, it well, it's just it's insane. I mean, I was looking at it. It it was like a forty or no less. It was like a twenty million dollar stock. I mean, this is like what we need to do. We need to like IPO millennial money because the thing was like a twenty million dollar stock uh, with with a you know a share price of like or less. It was like a share price of a buck seventy one on June twenty third. It was a buck seventy one. Then it goes up to three fifty one, seven fifty, and then seventeen thirty. I mean, uh, that's that's uh, from where it was at, you know, buck seventy or whatever, seventy thirty, buck seventy. That's ten um, x basically. So yeah, its valuation was literally eighteen point nine million dollars. Like we could just put all of our net worths together, put them into a bucket, IPO it, have a bigger market cap than uh, than uh, with straight up equity than this company had uh, a week ago. IPO it, say it's shorted on Reddit, and and then all of a sudden our friends invest. The thing goes up fifty percent in a day. Then all of a sudden Wall Street bets is like, oh my gosh, this little company just went from twenty to thirty million. It's it's going to the moon, and and we literally just take our net worth from from whatever you know to ten x like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I feel like it is. Yeah, it, it feels wrong. That seems too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Too complicated to That's 10x. Come in. That's too hard to do. Too many steps. <laughs> oh, God. I want something I mean, easy. Am I wrong? Is that, is that not what is, I mean, for, for an $18 million market cap company to get Reddit stocked up and then all of a sudden it's 10x? Yeah, but uh, would they be able to sell? I mean, that's paper. They could dump shares tomorrow. Office. They could start dumping shares and, and start selling it right now. They could literally Wouldn't just they do start a crashing the price along the way. Well, who cares? They go back to where they were. Worst case scenario. Oh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It's like they were a buck seventy, raised capital at seventeen. It, you basically all you really did is transferred money from the bag holders uh, that that end up not getting out. Uh, which is unfortunate to whoever th is running that company, to the executives at that company. I mean, it's kind of like I hate to say it, but it's kind of like Lordstown Motors. Uh, and, and look, I wanted I wanted to believe the company. I loved it. Uh, I loved the idea of it. I wasn't in it, uh, it but uh, with the exception of short little swing trades. But the company's you know raises money, raises has an idea. You spac, you raise hundreds of millions of dollars. And then ah, this—it's harder to develop vehicles than we thought it was. Our our concept drawings were good. It's like the nickel, all right. Concept drawings yeah. were good. Uh, you know, we're just gonna start dumping shares. And why do you have an executive at at Lordstown selling ninety four percent of all of the shares he owns, or or it might have even been more? I think he's got seven thousand dollars worth of shares left in his in a company he's an executive of right so it's like the wow. stock market to me, i worry is just a a way to almost become like an instant billionaire uh even with a bad execution plan for a company uh for for the executives sometimes like maybe i'm just too jaded sometimes it is man yeah. sometimes it is um and the p and d plays i mean that's always been something in the stock market always will be but what's really interesting is the p and d plays in the crypto space are going bad i know you guys talked last week about the mark cuban one and then uh yeah. i was watching a, a, last night i was i was catching up with some coffeezilla and, and he he did one on uh phase clan and rice gum and all them got into one i guess uh 
And, uh, it, you know, they were sending out all these tweets and it was supposed to be some charity coin or some crap, right? And uh, it ended up just completely dumping to, I don't know, down 90 something percent from, you know, whatever it started at, that down 90 percent plus. And then they were deleting their tweets and supposedly it was like, oh, our manager made us delete it or whatever. So, oh, uh -huh. man, it's, there's a lot of that crap going on. And, um yeah, I don't know when it. I don't see it getting better anytime soon, as far as all that stuff goes, man. I think that's just uh, the wave. I think it's going to be, you know, now that with Reddit, Discord, uh, YouTube, social media in general, Instagram, Facebook, like I, I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Probably that's what I would say. So then it comes down to investing in companies that that we really believe in. Any of you guys want to start with our list of seven and kick us off on yeah. one? Yeah. I, I want to say I uh, I got to give credit to Macy on this one. Uh, she invested in, in Adobe, and Ooh. I got to say I, I've never been in, invested in Adobe. And uh, I invested when was it? About a week ago. I'm up 16% so far, and since then I've really started looking into it. You got to think too. I mean, they've got a great little ecosystem going of those. Uh, I think it's like twenty dollars something a month for Adobe Photoshop. Wow. They have so many things. They're, they're so integral and integrated with so many different careers and just hobbies and it, it, almost everything you, you end up using Photoshop at some point. And they're a great company. And I think they're just going to continue expanding and they're going to continue to get better. And so that that's something I'd probably want to add on to that position. Okay, they're let, one of those. Hey, let's play a fun game on, on each of these guys. So you know we're all gonna go keep going around around you know around Robin and we'll, we'll we'll tell our stocks. The other two people, let's try to pick apart that stock. So yeah, although right. I love Adobe, let's try to pick it apart now. So Kevin, I don't know if you maybe want to throw up Yahoo Finance or something like that, where we can see some statistics around maybe PE, forward P, price of sales, some stuff like that when it comes to Adobe. But uh, I'd be very interested in it. I I don't think I'd be too good at picking apart stocks like you guys would be but <laughs> well, it's more just I'm questioning all, like yeah. well what about if uh you know but you could pirate it for free why are you paying <laughs> for it you know <laughs> i don't know honest they're pretty yeah. good about their uh their subscription service i mean i can only log in at two places at a time then it yeah. kicks me mm -hmm. off the other one i have to give it to that that idea i mean it's you know i pay for lightroom and photoshop i got both of them up right here and I want to log into another one or my phone. It's like, oh, I got to log out of that. They just want their money. They're really yeah. good at getting their money. Uh, and subscriptions are very sticky, especially if you get into, which is now taking over, uh, what's the uh, the editor premiere uh, for editing videos? Uh, it's, it's really taking over Final Cut in the professional Final space. Cut. Like everybody's just using Premiere. Uh, I'm a big Final Cut fan. Like I can't stand Adobe Premiere personally, but I'm a Lightroom and, and Photoshop user. So, and they got, they got me. <laughs> it's going to be hard to pick that one apart, but we'll let's look at yeah. it. I'll pull it up here. Jeremy, here's a, okay. here's a summary. What do you want to see? Deets? What do you want? Yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, let's see. So we got a P we got a P of 51 there, right? Uh, I would love to see forward P. Maybe we can dig into the financials a little bit. I got uh, a pinwheel. That's what I got right now. <laughs> I was going to say. No. I'll go back to that here. All okay. Right. Yeah. So the P definitely looks high, 51. But they are in that, that SaaS space. So they kind of deserve a higher premium than the market. But a 51 is definitely up there, man. Um, you Look know, at tattoo. Oh, sorry. They don't have earnings. Ah, <laughs> yeah, just uh -oh. just losses. Thank you. 
Okay, so let's see. I, I really want to see the forward P on Adobe, though. That's what's really I got a count for you. So if I, I can calculate the forward just using Wall Street consensus estimates here, I'm getting 23 earnings per share for 2025, which puts us at about a 25 times forward at 590 Ooh. bucks a share. It's not too not, bad. No, that's not bad at all. For a SaaS business, essentially, you know, that's got recurring revenue streams, probably no customer concentration. So it's not one of these stocks where it's like, well, if they lose this one customer, they're done. Wow. C3 AI is like that. That C3 AI has got like 69.420 customers. Uh, you know, they lose one customer. It's, it's a, a big slice. Yeah. And cru cruisy doozy. One of my stocks is like that serious logic. They get, well, shoot, they get over 80% of their revenue from Apple. So if their relationship ever went bad with Apple, they're, they're done essentially. Um, but yeah, if it, if we're talking 25, four P for Adobe, that's not bad at all. I mean, it, you know, that almost makes me think like, let's think about the competitive landscape for Adobe. Is there anybody coming to, to knock their block off or is that anything? <laughs> You know, the interesting yeah. thing, too, is they've almost really traded sideways here recently. Uh, they've they've traded really sideways since that tech run that we had in August. And look at this. They just sat doing nothing. It kind of like uh, Apple uh, and Amazon are doing this as well. AMD's kind of doing this as well, where literally some of these wonderful companies have just done nothing since September of last year. This being the nothing right here. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, look at this explosion on Adobe. Really incredible. I mean, this is this is a nice run here. And it looks like half of it came before earnings and half of it came after earnings. So, I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. Can you pull up a five-year on that one there, Kevin? I would love to see a five-year oh, yeah. chart for that baby. Yeah, five years ago, $95 a share. Whoa, 95 and today it's what almost six hundred? Hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Nice ROI. That you know their business model almost reminds me. You know, although it's a completely different business model, a lot of their business reminds me of uh, Intuit, uh, which is I think yeah. IMPU, where yeah, it's like that. You know, they get that recurring revenue stream. They own QuickBooks. They own um, what's their tax product? They own over there uh, TurboTax. Oh, Intuit QuickBooks. Yeah, Do they have QuickBooks and Turbo now. Yeah, and TurboTax, and um, you know they just continue to get that recurring revenue, you know, for everybody that's running on on QuickBooks and whatnot, right? In in the tax. But didn't product. they buy Mint? Yeah, and they own Mint too. Yeah, yeah they've owned Mint yeah. for a while though, years I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, several years. And so yeah, that's an that reminds me a lot of. Let's pull up into it. I would love to look at into yeah. it. If you don't mind, They're up thirty percent in the last six months. Yeah, that's just a beast. It's another one of those recurring revenue streams that they just keep. You Do you know. have into it, Jeremy? I used to, and like a dork, I sold too early, man. <laughs> I should have just kept it. It's it's one of those companies, kind of like Adobe. You just you buy it and you put it in the filing cabinet. And you don't worry about selling it. But I took a short term profit, and look at that, baby. I mean, that yes, yeah, just look from the pandemic. The yeah. pandemic from 187 to like 491 now. It's insane. And this one didn't ever trade sideways. This was just, I mean, this is like, it's such wonderful growth here. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and I don't know if we, we know what it was five years ago, but I'm sure it was a whole lot lower. <laughs> These stocks, I feel like this is just a good business model to begin with is recurring subscriptions. It's the holy grail of Wall Street. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's the holy grail. The a lot of customers, movie. recurring subscriptions on a service that just anybody could use. Yeah. And once you're in, 
it they become so sticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah so into it trading at about right now for 2025 trading at 31 times forward which you know when you compare to like neo neo is trading for like 60 times 60 or 65 times 2025 earnings so yeah you know here's some real companies and not calling Neo not real but real sticky subscription high revenue companies it's incredible oh shoot 2025 we're way out there i thought we were talking about 2022 earnings oh sorry yeah i said 25 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, did, did you mean 2022 though? Or no. you're you're talking 2025? Oh yeah. Oh well, what are we talking about here, man? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So was Adobe on 2025 or 2022? Five. Oh my gosh! Come <laughs> on, man. What? I love my 25. To me, it balances out a lot of the the because we've got very weird growth. 2021 and 2022, in my opinion, you're going to have this really unbalanced growth because you've got companies come at, Some of them did really well during the pandemic. Some of them didn't. Uh, some of them became way more efficient and way more useful. So 2021, 22, you get these really weird growth levels. So for me, I'm fine. You know, when you go to 25, yeah, it's a bit out, but you're, you're leveling out that weird growth. Like for example, Adobe is expected to have a 21% growth in 21, but then 14 and 14 and 22, three, then nine in 2024, Who's and then back to 19% in 25. What's that? Who's calculating those numbers? So these are the Wall Street consensus estimates, and they put together like a conglomerate of like 10, five to 10 different analysts, and then their, their cash flow uh, projections. And then they take the average of that and they give, okay, they say this is about Wall Street. So uh, it gives you an idea of, of just being able to compare, just because otherwise there's some there are a lot of companies that just – they're really great in the market right now, but they're just not going to be profitable until 23 or 24. And so one of the problems you run into now in, in our market is you look at like, okay, well, let's compare Peloton and Airbnb and Lemonade and uh, Adobe and Apple and whatever. You can't compare them if you're looking at 2021, especially some of the newer companies. You go to at least 25 projections. Now they're all profitable. Now now we can actually compare them. And then you can kind of scale and go, okay, well, Google's only trading at you know, 12 times forward 2025. Tesla's trading at 55 times. It's just a strategy I use. Yeah, my, my pushback on using 25 numbers is if you're the one calculating them, okay. But these analysts, man, they can't even get the short-term numbers right. You know, they're so <laughs> far off on even short-term numbers. It's like, right. you know, these guys, how are they going to calculate numbers two, three, four, five years out? I'm just like, come on, man. So, yeah, and that's actually, that's kind of exactly what I usually do is when I do my own like fundamental, I'll come, I'll do my own analysis and then I'll compare my projections for five years to the, to wall street. And I'm like, okay, who, where do we, where do we go off or whatever that mm-hmm. I found to be pretty good. But if you're just doing quick and dirty math, I just look for quick and dirty. I go, okay, that's a starting point. Where do they fit in? So for the sake of this, without us sitting here for hours, going through something like Adobe, which I haven't gone through before, (laughs) it might be an easy way to sort of compare. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that, that makes sense. This might be fun for us too. By the way, I was just thinking out loud, but in every episode, maybe we each invest a certain amount in uh, a few stocks. Maybe we each pick a stock or something like that. I, I don't know. Might be interesting that we could each throw some money in every week. 
Kevin and I do that on a daily basis as it is. We have issues, man. <laughs> man every, every day I'm just like, I need to pick something. I need to pick something. I don't know. I've been having fun. You know, if you don't mind, I'll pick another growth yeah, stock. I mean, I, I like these these that y'all have brought up here. But uh, honestly, I got I to gotta hand it to SoFi. This weekend, I spent uh, a good chunk of time and even some more time after on a live stream and then a public live stream. Uh, and then privately, I was going through SoFi. You know, it was a SPAC. So it's still part of the whole SPAC attack. Uh, I, you know, I've got, I don't know, like 25 K in it or something like that. It's pretty it's small kind of start. I, if this thing in the lockup agreements that come up over this next month, because we've got some big lockups expiring, uh, when these expire throughout this next month, I think if this goes down to like hmm. 16, 15, 14, I just want to go big on this one. They're brilliant. Uh, they are kind of doing. Uh, the the uh, mint.com uh, here the raw it's like a mix I look at it as like a mix of mint.com Robinhood but then also a YouTuber with referrals you know how like I've got the life insurance pitch or whatever mm -hmm. they literally have the same insurance affiliate links and affiliate landing pages than I do mm -hmm. and so <laughs> like they're 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 like the Robinhood imagine Robinhood now offering you mint.com credit card services, student loans, and go and click the link down below for life insurance. It's freaking brilliant. So uh, that's a company that I think could explode. Okay. What, what valuations are we talking about for that one? And um, I, I SoFi right now is not that high. I mean, it's public. So, so wait, so you know what? Believe it or not, I have just, I've not paid attention to this at all. So from my understanding, this is really just, they, they get referrals for investing money, personal loans, credit scores. So they basically aggregate all this information and then collect the fee for wherever it goes. Mm, so if you go to like sofi.com here, I can- That's do where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you go to, let's see here, member benefits, refer, where's the life insurance? Is it family? It's probably financial planning or somewhere around here, wherever their yeah. life insurance section is. Uh, you gotta find it. I don't know. Do you see the tab where it says life insurance? What the heck is the darn thing? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's probably under here. Uh, you search life insurance. I might do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, protect. Here we go. Here we go. Life right. insurance. Here okay. So I found it. Life insurance. You click on life insurance. See how it says powered by ladder? Yeah. Watch this. Okay. And and not, not, I'm not trying to plug here. Metkevin.com slash life. Watch mm -hmm. what happens. Good old life. Uh, here's my ladder uh, affiliate. Right. Link thing, right? So if people fill yeah. this out. Uh, I I get money. Well, this is theirs, and if you go to get my quote, get my quote. Mm. Oh, I don't know why it went. To me. It probably went to meet Kevin because of the cookie, but it went. It goes to basically the same thing. I'll I'll do it on a. Uh, meet Kevin's making affiliate money off SoFi through the <laughs> right. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna go private browser. Let's see if that makes any difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it keeps bumping back. It must see the cookie right, or something like enough. that. But yeah, you saw yeah. it trying to – like somebody else can click on it, and, and you'll mm -hmm. see it will load the sofa. And it's crazy. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, So, so many of the things they're doing, so many of these products they have, I think it's brilliant what they're doing. Uh, you know, just the mix of everything. They've got a credit card. They've got – they do the crypto invest, the stock invest, the savings account. And they don't do the, the core services. They just outsource it all. They're brilliant. They don't do the life insurance. They just refer you to a ladder and take money. They don't do the crypto investing. Guess who does? Coinbase. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant.
Yeah, that's wow. interesting. So but what price would it take for you to invest in there, Kevin? I just invested on dip they had yesterday at 1772 i put money in it's yeah. at like 1890 or something like right right now uh you know personally i i would love to to just nibble at it here or there and like the 18 is fine with me in that 18 range probably i'm looking for a, a, a like for me to actually go in it where i'm like i'm going multi six figures or whatever into it if i got it for like 15 it'd be it'd be just pure upside i feel like for me okay well I'm still trying to figure out their market cap, man. I mean, 15. What we, how much? 15 bill. 15 billion. Okay. Billion. And, uh, wow. What what revenue are we talking for them? Yeah, I've got their. Uh, let me. I'll, I'll grab it. Keep asking questions while I get that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm gonna take a peek because I've had a lot of people ask me about that one too. I just haven't had a chance to look yet. So I'm trying to figure out. Uh, you know, some of the stuff. Yeah, I actually have all their their sheets favorited here. I can. Grab one here. I don't know why this one came up four point three billion. I definitely don't think that. What's right. what's their revenue on that? That's what we're trying <laughs> to find out here. Fifteen. Okay. Billion dollars. Gosh. So I have for a billion. I have net revenue at one hundred and forty-eight million dollars for the first three months of twenty twenty-one. So if you extrapolated that times four, which is roughly, that's six hundred, which you know fifteen billion uh, divided by six hundred, uh, what is that? About twenty five x revenue is what you're paying. Mm -hmm. It's not horrible for a fintech. It's almost it's almost kind of expected these days. Yeah, but then you kind of get into this whole thing, you know. It's, fintech a bubble man because i have been thinking oh, well everything's a bubble man there's no <laughs> doubt about that everything's a bubble because <laughs> uh, i mean I, I, something else that's really juicy about them that i liked yeah mm. uh, is that uh, right now they're showing a loss of 177 mil on the quarter but that actually takes into account a write-off they had of let's see i have it right here look at what they wrote off they wrote off a, an $87 million warrant liability as an expense. They wrote it off. See, general and administration expenses increased by 112 uh, mil, uh, 87 of which was a, for warrant liabilities, which gives them cash anyway. And I think this has to do with the latest changes on SPAC warrant accounting. And I think the market just doesn't understand it. So when that goes away next quarter, I think this people are going to be like, oh, crap. That like, oh, they just got a whole lot more profitable over the next quarter. <laughs> I just don't know if people are going to read into page 147 on their S1 or whatever, you know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. It could be wrong. But I don't know. I mean, compared to like Robinhood talking about coming out with a, a maybe a $100 billion valuation. I mean, we don't know what Robinhood's value, uh, you know, revenue is yet. But um, I don't know. It's, it seems juicy. You have one unheard message. <laughs> Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use current. 
I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yeah, um, man, I don't know. I mean, oh, you, look at you look at traditional banks and whatnot. I mean, they trade oh, so cheap. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's true, though. Who's to stop banks from just really digitalizing? I don't think that's really no, – no physical bank has done a good job transitioning online, unfortunately. I liked yeah. the Bank of America interface the best, but they're Bank of America. and They still just kind of suck. Ally. Actually, speaking of which, Ally is a company that I love that I have not invested in, come to think of Ooh. it. Ally Financial. Why don't we, why don't we break that down? Because that would actually be a company okay. I would seriously consider. They've been public for a long time, if I recall, too. They have, and they're at uh, fifty dollars a share. Oh my! Yeah, I would love to know the market cap of that one and kind of the revenue and stuff. Ally, what's the what's the, is this yeah. what's the ticker on them? Ally. Yeah. Um, Okay. It should be A O O Y. Yeah, just type in Ally stock. Oh, I keep typing in A L L I E D, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you know what? Come to th look at this. They dropped. I this is a stock that for, just went over my head. Eleven dollars in March of 2020. Eleven dollars. Wow. Gosh. Wow. Okay, so they've got they a market cap. Uh, market cap as of. Uh, March 31 of 18 bill. So here you go. That's actually similar to SoFi. That's not a yeah. bad. But but doesn't this look like a better valuation, a more reasonable valuation than SoFi? Because I feel like Ally Bank, they've been established for quite some time. I've I've used them. They offer loans. They have so many different services. They they have Ally Invest that I that I also use. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different services. To me, this seems like maybe it's something that's under the radar. It's actually, this is actually a stock that, uh, that ah, okay. So you know what the problem yeah. is? What is it? So this is why it might be a little under the radar is it growth. Uh, so the growth for this in 2018, they shrunk 2.7% in 2019. Uh, well, sorry in 20. Oh yeah. I'm going to go back a little bit. So yeah. in 2016, they fell 3.4% in revenue. 2.7% in both 17 and 18 in shrinkage. And nobody likes shrinkage. Uh, 2019, they went up 6.3. 2020, they went up 4.7 when everybody else was exploding. For 2021, they're only estimated to go up 5%. 2022, uh, 4.6. So maybe that because earnings-wise, they look good. You're right about that. Because here, 2021 earnings... They're looking at maybe an, uh, a projected EPS of six dollars and fifty cents. That look makes them look dirt cheap at fifty bucks. That makes them look like for this year they're trading for like a seven point seven times PE. That's nuts. I'm wondering. You know, the only thing Allied that that for me has been an issue. 
I wish they offer business services. I really wanted to open up a business uh, checking account and they don't offer that. I think if Ally were to expand into businesses, everyone would go to them because the only other option, in my opinion, for a good business checking and savings account is Chase. That's yes. it. They're, they're the best, but they're still not like top tier in a sense. Like you can't compare them with Ally Bank. Ally Bank is so good on their own. And Chase Business, I mean, unless you're with the JP Morgan side of things, I remember they used to charge me for everything. It was like $60 for checks. And when I saw that, I'm like, well, I guess I'm never paying anybody with a checkbook ever again. Because I'm thinking like every little check now is like, this is 20 cents, 20 cents, 20 cents. It's a waste of money. So I just shifted them to PayPal. Mm. But so yeah. I don't know. It's, it's Ally, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that scares me with a lot of these, you know, uh, fintechs that everybody's, you know, pushing up these valuations, I don't know, yeah. I don't know, SoFi or Robinhood or whatever. It's like everybody expects them to grow forever and ever. And I'm like, who's to say they're not going to be ally in a few years, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then and as soon as that growth rate stops, especially on a growth company, people out of there, man. That's that's yeah. very true. Yeah, it, it happens real quick. And so that's why you, you really could end up being Corsair Gaming. <laughs> except they grow <laughs> oh <laughs> no but in, in all seriousness though that that's what happens with stocks sometimes people you know you you have to really be able to see how this business yeah. continues to expand for years to go in the future yeah. and uh really be able to kind of you know walk through somebody like why is sofi still going to be expanding their business in four years from now six years right. from now um well, it's easy that's to the thing is the the estimate and i understand it's just estimates on sofi uh, right now, Wall Street's looking at 50% for 2022, 44 for three, 32 for 2024, and uh, 29 for 2025, which which is you know 6x uh, uh, allied. But then again, who knows? Those estimates could all just be Fugazi bullcrap. I mean, we know the last thing you want to refer to is the SPAC investor presentation, that bullcrap PDF. <laughs> like, if anybody's reading off earnings off of that, he's smoking something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you really have to, you know, walk somebody through it. Kind of like I can walk somebody through why Tattoo Chef is going to expand for the next decade straight. <laughs> straight Tattoo Chef had a good day today. Yeah, the chef, man. The chef's up eating up in the kitchen. <laughs> up almost 4%. Yeah. You ever made 4% in a day, Kevin? Huh? <laughs> I lost 4%. <laughs> no, so... Uh, I, I can't discuss the chef, man. Wait I, a second, Jeremy. Uh, do you see a tattooed chef after hours? No. What's going on after hours? Almost $22 now. No way. Quit playing with Yeah. It. I don't know. It just jumped from 21 to uh, 22. It's 21,773. Oh, man. Nice. If it hits 22,22, that's my lucky number. I might have to double up my position. That's when you, oh, I thought you were about to say that's what I'm about to sell. <laughs> well, how heavy are, like percentage-wise, how heavy are you in them? Um, no, uh, decent, but it's still less than 20%. I got over a million in it, but it's still less than oh, 20%. Wow. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel comfortable with that position because of the expansion, man. They're landing everywhere. You know, they're just talking yeah. in an investor presentation about the deal they got coming with Albertsons. Uh, they're working on a deal right now with Kroger, which is the biggest, you know, grocery chain you could possibly, you know, get into. Right. And, you know, they were, they were bringing up a really good point. A lot of these companies have 30 SKUs in a store, right? Tattooed Chef is going to enter a lot of these grocery chains, Albertsons, Kroger, whatever, with four SKUs. It's going to 30. 
it's going to 30 over time, you know, when you just look at this type of sell through they have. And so that's where things get really exciting. And it's not just that initial order, it's the recurring revenues. And then you get into all these stores and then everybody's got to have you. Cause then if you don't have tattooed chef, it's like, you're irrelevant. Like how do you not have tattooed chef in your store? Right. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's a really exciting story, but uh, you know, and, and they're talking about revenue of a billion in 2026. I still think they're hitting a billion in 2025 uh, very, very comfortably. So we'll see. Wow. Billion in 2026. And so they'll probably keep at least $500,000 of that net. Huh? <laughs> I, okay. Ooh, so man, I, low margin and they've got a low margin product. They got to do the volume. That's where they're yeah. going to make money is volume, which I think they can get if they get all these partnerships. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're doing a bill in 2025. Okay. That's my, per, you know, the companies keeps talking about 2026. I think they're going to beat that. I think they're a little softball. So 2025 of that, I believe at least 50 mil worst case scenario will hit net income. And I would say about hundred mil best case scenario hits net income. And that's in 2025. Okay. So if that's true and let's say best case scenario plays out hundred mil 2025, we're at like, you know, a 16, 2025 earnings, right? Um, obviously if it's 50 mil, which I think is a conservative number to hit bottom line, then we're at what, a 32, 33, 34, 2025, you know, since we were talking about 2025 numbers, uh, for the, for a company that has a lot of expansion past that, I mean, you know, I don't know, man, that doesn't seem rich at all to me, but Hey, you know, well, they got an infinite PE ratio now. So if you want to go with 2021, you could use that. Okay. All right. What, what's uh, next? Yeah. What, yeah. What's another one? So um, I don't know. Graham, you got another one? I like uh, Adobe. That was a good one. Well, I mentioned uh, Ally, but I could throw out one more that I was just thinking of is, is uh, PayPal. Oh. Yeah. PayPal's interesting. It usually trades a little rich uh, when it comes to PayPal, but. Uh, I mean, just a beast of a company. I mean, holy smokes, it doesn't get much more beastly than that. Let's check it. take a look at PayPal here. You know, my favorite thing about PayPal is that feature where you can just go to, like you press like account subscriptions and you could just unpay all of these different subscriptions if you want. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Hey, wow. look who just showed up. Wow. Yeah, what up? Oh, 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 oh. What is this? What happened? You got you got to give us a scoop. I uh, yeah. So what happened was I had a house emergency and I just literally lost track of time. Like my phone died, and I was like, oh, it's not. It can't be six yet because the sun goes down at like eight now. And yeah, so I, I just lost track of time. My bad. That was totally my fault. You got to tell us what the house emergency was. Oh no! No, this I got to resolve it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah. who, who served papers yeah i'm getting sued no it's not that bad, <laughs> not bad. i'm not getting uh, investigated by the sec or anything like that yeah andre don't worry man we've only been arguing for 48 minutes about tattooed chef we're gonna well, now we can finally get on the other subjects so wait what's the conclusion are we buying are we selling let's go uh, uh sure. the, the conclusion <laughs> is kevin doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> so hey PayPal, $350 billion market cap. Yeah, that is a beast, man. Woo, 350. Wow. Uh, but they've also expanded, Andre, into crypto. Yeah. So, a little uh, bit. Are little they bit. accepting Dogecoin now? They should. 
don't know. Uh, I'm trying to see the the forward P on um, on PayPal. The PayPal is at a 66. It looks like current PE for the company. But man, I'm having trouble finding the uh, forward on my. I mean, 2025. Phone. I got them at 30. Yeah, that's weird. So you know, the trailing P 65 on PayPal. But then sixty-three forward P. That means for what you know, year? Yeah, that that means they're hardly expected to get any more profitable over the next year. That seems strange, unless they are doing some sort of crazy build out and, and hiring a ton of employees or something at PayPal. Where, wait, where did you see that though? Uh, I'm seeing that on on Yahoo Finance as far as forward wow. P uh, based upon mm-hmm. analysts, sixty-three point two nine. And trailings at sixty five point nine seven. So I don't know. I'd have to take a deeper look into that. But that seems a little little strange. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're talking about we're talking about stocks here, Andre. You got any? You got any stocks for us, man? We're, we're, we're just um, no. I haven't been watching stocks as closely, but I just noticed that uh, Tether's been printing like two billion dollars a day, which is kind <laughs> of interesting um, because any time that Tether's printed money. Like, for example, when Tesla announced that they were going to accept Bitcoin, uh, Tether printed a bunch of coins. So it's almost like the insiders kind of know what's going to happen. And they inject a bunch of money of this Tether um, into the crypto markets, which actually was what would happen in 2017 um, when Bitcoin went to $20,000. And so when, when Tesla announced that they were accepting Bitcoin this year, Tether bought a bunch of Bitcoin. And now in the last week, we had a ton of Tether being printed as well. And so the, the, the theory goes is that maybe we're about to hear something in the next week or two that could be potentially massive as a catalyst for Bitcoin. What, maybe where do you see this on Tether? Maybe it's an ETF. Um, so there's some on-chain data. Here, I'll, I'll send you the link real quick. Uh, one sec. I think. So this is one of the links. Transaction details. Whale alert. Hey, this is Tron. My bad. Wrong. Is this Tron? No, Tether Treasury. There we go. So it's it's buying up a bunch of cryptos, and it's it's hard to track. I have to follow it. Like it's not something that just like spells it out for you. You have to kind of follow the money and where it's going. So the theory is it's not. I mean, it's not necessarily Bitcoin. It could be some other coin. It could be Ethereum. It could be something else. Um, or I mean, you got? Did you guys see Kathy Wood uh, doing her? Going but, for an ETF. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, maybe that's just going to get denied like everyone else. I mean, you never know. That could get approved, which would be a huge catalyst. I, I Kathy, the from, first one. From yeah. what I've seen from the yeah. SEC, they want to focus more on the uh, the whole momentum stock movement, SPAC, reg- regulation around that before they start looking into crypto. I think they just have but so this- much else on there. On their agenda. This is April, Andre. This is April. Right, right, right. There's a more recent one. Hold on. I'll find it. I'll keep looking for it. Give me okay, some time. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, you got MicroStrategy. It's probably their fault. <laughs> uh, what? Like, they, I mean, of all of all the companies, they would definitely know something. Like that's yeah, true for sure. But, or, but or have you been adding for what? Oh, just crypto. Um, no, not recently. Not recently. I haven't bought anything. Have you guys? If anybody, uh, Graham, have you been buying? I bought a little Bitcoin during that dip, but it was, uh, I don't know, 31, 32. I have not bought since then. Got all in on ADA. Are you? <laughs> no, well, however you want to say it. Uh, I have, but um, yeah, I mean, like, 
I it's it's the position that I'm building right now. So I'm kind of just I'm buying I'm buying the dips every time there's a dip. I, I really enjoy buying the dip. <laughs> I just love looking at the charts like, oh, it's in the hole. People are panicking. Like when I start getting messages on on uh, Discord and people are like, Bitcoin just fell. Are, are, are you buying or, or do we sell or whatever? It's usually when I know it's like, oh, okay, probably a good time to buy. People are freaking out. <laughs> That's the Cardano, right? Or Cardano? Yeah. ADA, ADA, yeah. Why don't you just dollar cost average, Kevin? Just who cares? Like don't try to buy the dip. It's fun. I That's love fun. buying the dip. Like I, I that didn't realize, but I went through my notes, uh, sort of like a journal of, of my transactions, and uh, I put a million dollars into the market March uh, or sorry, uh, May eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. And just like two days ago, I looked back at the calendar, and it was all like end phase, Etsy, Neo, and like the tech space. Tech has just been like straight up, like those purchases. Uh, or, or that million's probably worth like two right now. It's 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 so insane, just that that particular timing. But I mean, you know, I was buying at other times. We're we're I'm still upside down at other times. So on some it, positions. Though. How did you call the? Gosh, I think you recently posted something. You called the top the sell off. It was Dude. like a specific day. Walk yeah, us through right. that. Okay, there was okay. That's insane. I know. So that okay. Uh, it was at like April twelfth and May thirteenth. I even though I didn't think like that particular uh, what happens on that day, which I'll say would would be the sole reason. Those two days I picked because they're the CPI data release days and they're the days the markets think everything about inflation every news headline is inflation and so i thought that we would in those two dates because i said this on january 6th i thought i knew we were going to go through this inflation clickbait phase right. uh and so i thought that's when news would potentially be the worst at the same time taxes are due for people and people yeah. hopefully might might see through that so i'd i'd there was more too, but it was, it was taxes. It had to do with the CPI reports, uh, and it had to do with with what I thought might be a natural cycle for just you know. I mean, if you get like a three four month cycle, you know, you got to have it down. So I kind of put all these together, and I used those dates as like those are the dates I want to look at. Uh, and and so yeah. <laughs> did you sell on that date? I sold. Uh, I sold. When did I sell? Uh, I think the first date was April thirteenth. Uh, I sold on the twentieth on four twenty because on that day I did a. I had a during that whole week I was doing a whole massive portfolio rebalancing. So I think I sold at like fifty seven or something like that. Like I didn't hit that perfect peak, even though I told myself like sell on that day. I even had a calendar reminder, uh, like uh, the notification popped up like sell Bitcoin on my calendar those two days. Wow. Uh, and it's it's kind of wow. it's like. It's weird to look back at it because it's like, wow, it's freaky how that timing worked out. But uh, you almost don't believe it. Like when that notification pops up, it's like, okay, yeah, I'll do that later. But then you kind of forget about it for a few days, you know? Right. right. Oh, That's man. awesome, man. Well, what does the Oracle tell us? Uh, when's the pump going to happen? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, my belief is that uh, 2022 plus is going to be great for crypto. Uh, I, I don't see a massive market rollover. I see, you know, in, in stocks or whatever, I see corrections and things. I do see a pushback on tech coming back and being our growth drivers. And when tech starts running again, SPACs start running again, crypto starts running again. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe not at the rates we saw in 2020, but 
I'm bullish on crypto, certainly the bigger coins, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, ADA, maybe Doge, throw it in there. I'm bullish on the bigger ones, 2022 right. on. Right. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I just did a video with uh, Pro the Doge, uh, get his update, status update on his millionaire status. That was a lot of fun. But he he's back to millionaire, right? Yeah. He's floating around it. He's like, it so, was crazy. He showed up to my house and he shows me the phone. It's 999999 and then that second it jumps up to a million. Oh, and that's the cost of admission. That's right. Yeah, that's that's what you got <laughs> to be our friend in the millionaire club. Oh, man. Yeah, his conviction though, I got to say he is just as committed now as he was back then. You know what? I don't think so. Uh really? because uh his uh job, well, I don't know if I I guess I'll give it away anyway, but his he just quit his job. So now his conviction is a little bit different because now he doesn't have that safety net. So he said he would consider strongly selling when it's a dollar. But he threw out some random percent. He's like, I'm gonna sell 10%. Like, why 10% when it hits a dollar? Oh, I don't know. It's just the number I like. Yeah, it's <laughs> the first number that came to mind. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's yeah. awesome man i want to go back to this 420 thing so because yeah. 420 that was the day uh i know like tattoo chef bottomed in that a lot of stocks bottomed that were just being beaten down at that time and so you guys are, are saying basically that same exact time crypto started to tank um that same day am i correct or so so i did this tiktok where basically i, I have at a, at a live stream in the live stream i said i'm buying bitcoin uh, I'm going to, but I'm going to trade it uh, I, because I think it's going to go down. I'm putting on my calendar, sell Bitcoin. Uh, I think it was April 13th, May 12th. Those are going to be the two days. And I told, I said in the video, if I don't sell it all on, on in the April date, I'll sell it by the May date. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's so weird because if you look at the chart, literally, it, like it, it freaks me out too. Literally the two peaks were those two dates. It is scary. That's wow. wow, that's interesting. But uh, inflation fears, I guess, right? We just kind of timed the yeah. peak inflation fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, uh, but I'm, I, I'm buying back in. Uh, you know, I never want, uh, I don't want people to think like, oh, you know, FUD sold or whatever. It's just not. It's just I just wanted to trade it. And you know, right now I'm even watching it. I put like this morning, I put this little channel for Bitcoin because Bitcoin dropping is like my signal to buy the other coins. <laughs> Everything seems to follow right. Bitcoin. Yeah. But I put this channel here because we had this insane run this morning. Uh, and then we hit this channel here, and, uh, and and now we're falling below it. So I'm kind of just watching this. And it's like ah, if I when I when I get the like the urge, the feeling, it's like oh, but it. <laughs> so I love it. Are you using your technical analysis to find the floor of Bitcoin? Dude, so much. It's crazy, and I know Jeremy doesn't believe it, but uh, I it's it's scary. It, it, it I think there's so many. What it is is there. Some stocks are not trader stocks. They're fundamental driven. So TA doesn't work because nobody's using TA in it. But when you get millions of people using the same similar TA strategies, yeah, the stuff bounces off those lines, you know, whether whether it's it's the TA that. that did it or it's because everybody's using the same lines that did it. It's like a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that makes it work, you know. Right. 
Wow. Yeah. It just when it, when it gets a little dangerous is when people start relying on that as their, their strategy, I guess you can say, or they start to make really bad decisions around TEA. Let's say you own a great stock that you believe in for the long term, and then it hits some number and you're like, oh, I got to sell it. And so you sell it, but you don't buy back in and then the stock starts you know, roaring. And uh, it also, if you're an investor, it starts putting you into a trader mentality, right? Which gets into psychology. And then all of a sudden, then you're trying to time in and out of positions. And then you're not even an investor anymore. Now you're just a trader, right? Yeah. And um, uh, you're jaded, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, I totally get what you're saying. Because on, on some levels, you're right. Yeah, like you could be like in and out. Oh, I got to get out. The technical say this or whatever. Uh, I'm just, I look at like, for example, Coinbase, you know, people like, look here. I'll, I'll pull this one up really quick because I look at it every time it's at these lines. Uh, I've I've been buying dips on on coin. Maybe not every time I've been buying dips, but I've been buying dips on these. And it's crazy because it never really stays below these two particular lines over here, which I've got drawn at two twenty three and two eighteen. It always seems to bounce off of these over here. And I mean, we don't have a long history for this, right? Uh, you know, we we only go back to IPO over here uh, or or DPO. But I mean, you you just it's scary. You just see bounce, 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 bounce. And and it's just so when you see it go to that, it's like it's gotta buy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Man, yeah, I think with crypto too, there's not too many other metrics that you could really look at. So I think technical analysis is really like what else you wanna use? I mean, it's it seems to be just that at at what? right now at least. Oh, 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 what else would you use on crypto? Yeah, yeah, I mean, what else? So I I think technical. Well, some people look at uh, the volume. uh, You know, there's volume analysis. Uh, uh, Gosh, I mean, people have all sorts of different, uh, you know, they look at the moving averages. That's how the death cross came about. Uh, People are like, oh, the big, the head and shoulders pattern keeps getting worse on on BTC. You know, the omens here. (laughs) And then you get the the Michael Burry and the Chinas and then they kind of accelerate it all. (laughs) It's it's intense. It's kind of like, in my opinion, uh, you know, maybe you get a lot of FUD that comes out and then people are looking at like, okay, okay, what's my TA say? Like, what's our worst case next level that we drop to? And then it almost self-fulfills like Andrew's like, I don't know, it's crazy. Is there like a, gosh, cause I've never learned technical analysis. I've never been like too interested in it, but is there anything like to the average person like me where I could look at it and I could just be like, wow, there we go. There's that pattern again that I should look at, that I should notice. Is there anything that's like a, a basic, like I definitely know that one and that's all I need. I think the easiest way for people to start because they're, I mean, you could almost find a pattern for anything. And, and I personally like I get nervous sometimes about the patterns. It's like, I, I see what you're saying, but I've seen them go both ways uh, on patterns. My, f- the, yeah. the one that everybody uses, which the, uh, the easiest way to start. And it's the one that works so well is drawing those lines, drawing yeah. those lines and looking for triple or quadruple points, touch points uh, in the past and then seeing how a stock behaves when you're watching it. So if you're sitting there watching the minute candlesticks, like for example, I I did a day trade today on Workhorse and I got a horrible entry point in. Like I got wrecked with my entry. I was stupid with with when I entered it uh, on on Workhorse this morning. But uh, I saw it go, I saw it here. Show you. I saw it hit this line right here, which I had drawn this purple line in the morning at 1649, I, that was already here. And so I bought over here 
I get wrecked because the thing just trades down the day. I see it hit here, doesn't break through, and I'm like, oh, that's good. It actually bounced off that line, which is nuts that it did, <laughs> but then it does, it just does. It hits it again, and I'm like, it didn't break through here. I'm going to double down on the position here, which lowered my basis, let me get out of the trade profitably somewhere over here. And so all of a sudden, I took a losing position to a positive on just on just sort of a fun day trade, uh, just because of that bounce. And it's just That's I don't know. Fun. I love it. That's yeah, so easiest way to start. draw a line to the bottom, and you just how far back do you go? Uh, well, it depends. Like it, it, to me, it depends on the stock. Like I would do a different strategy for Tesla than I would do on like Workhorse because Workhorse has been like a trader stock just here within most popularly here within the last what like two or three weeks. So I'd only look within the last two or three weeks. Something like Tesla, I'd look a lot more long term. Jeremy, you look like you know something. You're not saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I, I have a friend. Um, so this friend of mine, he used to be in like real estate and then he got into like long-term stocks and then he got super heavy on margin and then he got into options. And then today he's talking about penny stocks on the live stream and day trading. What Kevin, happened to this guy? What would be more fun, Kevin, if you could, just, if you just mute Jeremy. <laughs> he's just talking like mute. <laughs> True. No. <laughs> Oh. Well, you know, the thing about me is I just love everything. And and yeah. I have a problem with that because when it comes to uh, numbers wise, like finance wise, like I, I'll sit there and I, like when I when I got into um, uh, my, my real estate license the first time around, people were like, well, Kevin, which interest rate should I pick? And I always had the same. Class. I literally just cleared my calendar one day and I sat there for eight to 10 hours making a special spreadsheet calculator so that people could literally copy and paste the quote they would get from the lender that I would refer them to. Uh, they could just copy and paste it. or I would do it for them. copy and paste that quote in my thing that had the four different options and it would spit out, you should choose this one. It's the best, here are the reasons why. And like, I don't know, I just love nerding out about some of those things sometimes. It's just, it's fun for me. It's, I don't like get excited about it. I'm excited talking about it. <laughs> I, the, I like that, Kevin, but do you ever feel like, it, you know, maybe you're spreading yourself too thin. Like if you spent that time worrying about this day trade, could you have spent that time, you know, it's like, time cost management like what if you spent that time on a long-term stock like do you ever think about stuff like that um yeah yes and no i i mean uh, oftentimes like for example sofi i'm doing my fundy analysis on as well i'm just using the ta to buy in on the thing so i'm kind of doing both at the same time like yesterday was when i bought uh when i bought into sofi and i bought it at 1772 on public and 1775 on Weeble. And looking at the chart yesterday, that was that was the bottom. You know, that was the, the bottom of the day here was 1766. We got a double bottom here at like 1770, 1772 right here. And and this is where I bought right here. And I mean that it really worked out that, you know, yesterday. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think it's a great way for me to enter my fundies. So I think they go hand in hand. Ah, man, You're never going to sell me on that crap. It's just a, it's like a different religion, right? It's like uh, somebody, you know, that's in one religion trying to talk to another person, in one religion. and like, no, I really believe this, you know, and I'm just I'm just in my ways. Right. And I'm just like, you know, even if I was, oh. let's say, a crypto guy instead of stocks guy, it's like, Buy Bitcoin, like, you know, don't worry about the technicals. And Fair. Andre, you might be like that, right? <laughs> uh, not so blindly, but yeah, more so. 
Because, yeah. I mean, you, you, you bought Bitcoin almost any time other than this year, pretty much, over the past, I don't know, 10 years. You're, you're doing really well. You didn't have to worry about all the technicals. Just buy, buy, buy. Yeah, buy, I've just buy. been accumulating it over, you know, since 2014. And I just, I just keep buying it. And I know over a long, ter- over a long period of time, it's not going to matter. Yeah. The thing is, it's not, I mean, that's not a, that's not an exciting strategy for a lot of people, you know, it's not. You, know you have to enjoy the kind of stuff that Kevin's doing right now. And I feel like part of the enjoyment comes from when you're bored and usually people get bored when they have a lot of resources to play with. And so it's like, I'm just going to have fun, you know, like and learn and it's fun to learn. And I think Kevin's just kind of, he, he loves, he's a sponge. He loves absorbing all kinds of information. And I think he's at a point in his life where he can take a little bit more risk for the sake of the education and whatever. And if he can make money, then great. Um, I'm a lot more conservative and I, w- I don't think I would enjoy staring at charts from like 6 a.m. to close. I just wouldn't enjoy it. Hey, you know what's, you know what's fine? I don't think for Kevin, I don't think it's uh, it's necessarily the enjoyment of like learning. I think it's the challenge. That's yeah. what I think for Kevin. It's just w- whatever he could, he could try to get like a one up on it. Right. Right. Wow. Whether it's stock, real estate, <laughs> Anything. If, if Kevin could find a little thing there, he's like, okay, that's where I could excel. Doesn't matter what it is. But hey, it's worth you know, even running for governor. You can, yeah. you can find out all those spots where it's not being done correctly and be like, all right, I'm going to fix all of this. I think it's a challenge. It's cool, though. I love right. that. Yeah. Kevin, if you, if you make over 500K day trading, and that's taking losses and gains, man. I'm going to give you so much respect because a lot of people, you know, they talk about, oh, I day traded this, day traded that. But it's like, do they really profit? And what about the losses? So if you can do it, man, you show the P&L at the end of the year, you're a beast. That's all I'm going to say. About I, just that. Rem- I remember spending thousands of dollars, man, on like programs for day trading. And I just, I couldn't learn anything. I was like, I don't understand this. Stuff. I didn't have level two software. Um, which is like, you know, per second, I had like 15 minute lag time on whatever it was, uh, each and rate at the time. You're, you're super smart, Kevin, you know? So like, if you can't do it, like, I don't know how, you know, other folks can do it. You got resources, you got intelligence. And, uh, I think it would be a fun experiment. Just make, put like a hundred yeah. in an account and just let's see what happens. And if it does bad, it does bad. If it does great, then you're a freaking beast. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I'm mostly trading. I'm looking at it. Oh, I'm trying to find the darn thing. Uh, I'm mostly trading right now with uh, ten to thirty thousand dollars at a time on average. I think my average trades twenty seven thousand dollars. And so far, I started. This started February like twelfth, I think it was. So far, I'm up like. 45 40 to 40k somewhere around there uh 40 45 uh especially when i encounter my my some of my options trades that i've been doing so you know it's uh, to me it's it's really enjoyable i'm up on it i'm doing protective strategies against long positions to kind of trade options as well you have to be really careful playing that on amc though because like you do you sell a, a call even for a few days on amc you can get screwed really fast but again i was playing with the ta going i don't think it's going to explode in the next week and so i took eleven thousand dollars of, of basically what i saw as free money it's like i'd like to and stuff like that maybe yeah. it's a challenge i don't <laughs> it would be it would be interesting you know to, for you to put individualized accounts though like one is just for day trading one is for good idea. swings one is for options because otherwise you start clouding and it's like well maybe this was a long-term investment but it was in this account also just for mm-hmm. educational purposes because mm-hmm. you know yeah. people watch it day in and day out and, and it's always said 90 percent plus of people that try to day trading lose right sure. and so be interesting to see if, if kevin can't make it man because <laughs> you're a smart dude you know if you can't make it oh well, gosh. thanks for that 
Uh, <laughs> guys, I do have to run and make a call. Uh, oh yeah, we gotta we gotta wrap Dan, up. You wanna take us home? Yeah, guys, before you leave, go and subscribe. Super easy. Just use that little button down below. Go and subscribe. Hit the like button. It helps us out tremendously. We also have the Clips channel. We got listen. We got to get in a better habit of mentioning this earlier in the video. We got the Clips channel. So uh, twice a day, five days a week. Uh, and then once on weekends, you're going to see all the best clips and bits and pieces. So if you ever miss an episode or whatever, just uh, use that link down below in the description. Jeremy, there's other links in there too. Yeah, Webull, if you want two free stocks valued up to $2,300, maybe you get lucky and get a Tesla share or a Tattoo Chef share. Go ahead and check out the link in the description. might also be a pinned comment. And uh, yeah, enjoy that. Cool. And uh, thank you guys again. Until next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.